0: What is up, everybody? A little over 24 hours until the initial Bills 53-man roster will be official. This is Shot of Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Uh, right now, you can pair your favorite craft beer with your favorite craft burger at Tops. Tops has the perfect burger and beer pairing guide over at topsmarkets.com backwards slash burgers and beer. Whether you're soaking up the final days of summer or grilling out before the football game, Top's has something for everyone. Check these out. Cobb salad burger pairs well with a wheat beer. The Monster Munster burger pairs well with the Belgian Pale Ale. How about the pizza turkey burger with a amber ale or maybe even the blue chipotle burger. Blue cheese chipotle burger with a brown ale. Anything your heart desires, you can find the combinations over at topsmarkets.com backwards slash burgers and beer what is up ryan talbot
1: hey not too much waiting for these uh roster cuts to be announced and uh looking into your 53 man roster projection matt which i thought was pretty interesting
0: yes sir uh dropped that bad boy last night um the shout bills insiders uh started giving some of their reaction to uh, how I had this thing go. And I really went with the approach of thinking about how Brandon Bean is going to try to whittle down this roster because, you know, my, I think the best place to start is the three toughest cuts for me, you know, um, in, in this thing. And I'll bring it up here right now. Uh, First and foremost, Jamarcus Ingram, to me, he was the 54th player on the roster. He was the last cut that I had. And actually funny enough, we were talking about it beforehand and I had him making the roster, but that's because I didn't put the tight end section in. So I had to like really do the work and figure out, all right, what are the last three cuts going to be? Um, just a little bit of an error. Glad we caught that before it went to uh, went to publish. But um, Jamarcus Ingram, mine. I went back and watched. And we're also going to bake in a little bit into this conversation, some of the takeaways from watching that uh, Bears-Bills game back. And Jamarcus Ingram was one of the best players on the field. Now, a lot of his work came against the third team, and I think you have to bake that into it. He's sitting behind Saran Neal and Taron Johnson in that slot cornerback, played a lot of it, mixed in some some boundary corner as well. When they cut him, Another team is going to pick him up. This is a second-year undrafted guy. He is not going to clear waivers. He's the type of talent to me. Reminds me a little bit of Nick McLeod last year. Uh, Obviously, the Giants picked him up. That wouldn't surprise me if they went in that direction. But I thought, to me, Jamarcus Ingram was the toughest cut of the ones that uh, that I had to make.
1: Yeah, Ingram played great in that last preseason game. He had a strong summer. He's someone that this team has really developed over the past two years. And, you know, you said it. There's a premium on certain positions in this league, and cornerback is one of them. Teams are always looking for cornerback upgrades. And with the film that Ingram's put out, on uh, both in the regular season last year when he was called into action in a game, uh, when he's had to play in these uh, preseason games. I think he's looked very good. He's looked the part for this team. So there's going to be a lot of interest. There's a lot of scouts at all of these preseason games, and I guarantee you they left the final preseason game saying that Jamarcus Ingram, he's probably uh, you know teetering on on the border of, will he, won't he make this roster? And if he doesn't, we should put in a claim for him. He was that good. I agree with you there in terms of him being the toughest cut.
0: The next guy is Alec Anderson, and he's somebody that we talked a little bit about while I was kind of putting going through the process of putting this together. Somebody that we both are pretty high on, we both think has, has a legitimate shot to make this roster, and again, I had him in the Bills keeping 10 offensive linemen. What allowed me to kind of go in a different direction and put him in that cut list is the the thing with him is the versatility, right? He could play all five spots, but it wasn't great at right tackle when they did put him back out there, which I thought was interesting because he came in as a tackle, Ryan, and it was really good on the interior, but the same problem as Ingram. Most of his reps on the interior were coming against third team uh, defensive players. And I just don't know if that's going to be enough to make the cut. If he ends up being one of the offensive linemen the Bills keep, it won't surprise me, but I'm just trying to think of this through a deductive process like Brandon being going through it. What's more important to him To me, it came down to like an Alec Anderson versus a Cam Lewis, who ends up being kind of like a quasi-fifth safety. But he can play cornerback. He can play in the slot. If you need him, he can play on the boundary. I just thought that versatility and his importance on special teams was a little bit more important. And I think that the the Bills are probably going to do a little bit more work on the offensive line. Once the cuts happen, because you're going to see players across the league flood the free agent market, you know, go on waivers, all those kinds of things. You might have you might have the opportunity to add some players that way.
1: And that's certainly fair. And you're already seeing certain teams trading for offensive linemen. The Patriots making trades for two offensive linemen yesterday alone. So there could be trades that happen. It's going to be cuts that happen across the league. Um, one of these linemen could make the roster and then get cut for one of those players that uh, suddenly find themselves out there on the free agent market or uh, having to go through the claims process. But Alec Anderson's interesting. He's 23 years old. He was brought in as a UDFA last year. Uh, same with Ryan Vandemark in terms of those younger offensive linemen that they have. He started as a tackle, like you said, but this year he got some reps at center. He can play a guard. He did pretty well in the interior, but when you put him back out where, you know, what was supposed to be his uh, top position, I guess, he struggled. And he struggled quite a bit in that matchup. And maybe it's just too much on his plate this year after saying, hey, learn how to play center, learn how to play guard. Oh, by the way, we're going to throw you back out there at tackle. Versatility is great. This team values versatility, but like you said, there's versatile players at other positions, too, like your Cam Lewis. Um, where you have to weigh the pros and cons of, okay, he's my top guy, not Saran Neal in my opinion, if something were to happen to Taron Johnson. He would be the guy that would step into that spot. He's a fifth safety. He's a guy that can also play on the outside. So where are you more likely going to need a player? I think the Bills are pretty uh, talented on the interior of their line, so that also kind of takes a little bit away from Alec Anderson and maybe the case
0: for keeping him. Uh, Pops Mafia Herald over on YouTube, one of our OGs asked 10 O-line or 9 O-line. I ended up going with 9, and David Questenberry was one of them. And I want to get into the reasoning behind this. I actually think there's a really good chance that, that Questenberry is not on this roster, uh, active roster by the first game. But I do think with their situation at tackle right now, at, at the very least, you know what you're getting with him, and obviously it hasn't been very good. I mean, I texted you about that one play watching back the game. It was Anderson at right tackle and Questenberry at left tackle, and they both just almost got Kyle Allen killed in the strip sack. Uh, that ended up being the fumble, and uh, was it a turnover? I can't remember. Yes, but lost. Yes, it was a turnover. Joshua Price says Questenberry is a liability, and I, I do agree with that. But I also don't know if you're ready to vault like an Alec Anderson or a Richard Garage into that mix. That's why I think he makes the roster as that fourth tackle to start. And then they look to improve on that spot. Um, Alec Anderson would have been my 10th, uh, but I decided to go in a and keep in other areas. We'll get into some of that in a moment. But your thoughts on Quest and Barry Ryan?
1: Yeah, Questenberry has some versatility as well, can play on the inside at guard, but in terms of what he can do, I think the Bills are still a little uneasy about what if something were to happen to Spencer Brown. Ryan Vandemark has been outstanding at left tackle this summer when he's had the reps there, not as consistent at right tackle where Questenberry is a little bit more at home in that spot. Um, So I think in your initial roster, you want to have someone that you're somewhat comfortable with. If a better option comes along, then by all means you pursue it. Uh, I'm as high on Richard Garage and his development as anyone, but I think he needs more time, more reps uh, to get acclimated, to get used to being an every down type of player or a key uh, reserve type player and maybe that happens next year maybe he gets to spend the entire uh, off season on the bills or i'm sorry the entire regular season on the bills practice squad so he's just not quite ready yet alec anderson i like him but we just mentioned his struggles at tackle so someone needs to be there behind spencer brown and right now question is your best option in my opinion
0: So I have uh, obviously Connor McGovern making the 53-man roster, but I think this is where, uh, like you can read on the headline. And if you want to read the entire um, 53-man roster projection, you can head over to NewYorkUpstate.com or Syracuse.com. It is the first story on the Bills tab right now. Um, I went with a little roster gymnastics, Ryan. Right? Like we've seen this a couple years ago from Brandon Bean when you know they got a couple guys banged up as you kind of inch closer to this cutdown day, and you but you don't want to outright release them or waive them and chance uh, it not working out. So what what will end up happening, like in 2020, I think, at least in one case, you had um, Andre Roberts and Dean Marlowe who were cut, surprise cuts. Uh, everybody was talking about in 2020, if you remember, like who's going to return kicks for this team all of a sudden. Um, but they they just hung out in the parking lot, signed back the next day after they did some Um, some moves, Isaiah Hodgins went on IR and I believe, um, John Feliciano also. So I think I have Kyle Allen getting cut and Matt Barkley. Um, I think, um, Barkley could end up starting the season on injured reserve, uh, depending on how bad that elbow is. But Kyle Allen's a guy like he signed for the veteran minimum, uh, after the preseason that he just had. I don't know if anybody's going to be clamoring to sign him. He's a vested veteran, so he can make the decision with where and who he signs with. So I think you just, you cut him, you take the one quarterback in. And then once you make some, some corresponding moves, McGovern, if he's going to be out a couple of weeks or however that ends up looking like you stash him on IR, you bring Kyle Allen right back to the practice squad. And I'm not, listen, I'm not saying that that's definitely the move. Like if they, maybe they cut Kyle Allen, Ryan, and they go and try to find another backup quarterback. One name that has been mentioned several times in the subtext. And by the way, if you want to join the shout insider subtext group. Send us a text for a a two-week trial. I still might even throw you a month if you DM me or email me for free. Why not? Uh, I feel like it's always the giving season as football season approaches. Will Greer, and we could talk about him a little bit, uh, potentially getting cut by the Cowboys here over the next 24 hours. I'm not a huge fan of the move only because this is a guy with very limited experience in the NFL. He's only started two games, uh, 2019 with the – with the Carolina Panthers. And I, I don't even know what, what you think you're getting. I mean, he's been all right in the preseason, I guess. Um, but he'd have to come in here and completely start at scratch. Like Kyle Allen did back in April when he signed with the Bills. So he's already four months behind. I, I don't know if the player is that exciting for me to, the, to kind of start this whole process over.
1: No, I agree with that. And I, I think, uh, the final performance of a certain player will go a long way in terms of fans wanting, Uh, someone on the roster, and he was outstanding in Dallas' final preseason game. He had Dak Prescott calling the plays for him. Uh, There's limited mobility there. He's not quite as much of a skill match in terms of if you want someone that's similar to Josh Allen, and obviously they didn't go that route with Kyle Allen. He has some mobility, doesn't have the same type of arm. Um, But, you you know, with, with the whole fact that they were in on Trey Lance, Trey Lance is mobile, Trey Lance has a big arm. Maybe that's the path that they would rather go with, or someone that has at least a little bit more mobility. So, I, I get the discussion on it. I think that uh, the Bills could be in play to add another quarterback to the mix here. But, you know, just like any other team in this league, Matt, if your starter goes down, 99 out of hundred times your season's pretty much over regardless of who your backup is so uh, one of my favorite things with your 53-man roster projection was going with just one quarterback it's what the Dallas Cowboys did last year uh, eventually they did have to promote both of their practice squad QBs to the 53-man roster um, but it, it's smart it's smart roster gymnastics it opens up two other spots that you might not have at the beginning of the year it allows you to keep you know, some players that you were right on the fence about and gives them a, a chance to kind of prove themselves early on in the season.
0: Um, if you want to prove yourself to your family and friends when you're hosting a big get-together, get over to Tops World of Burgers. It is yours to explore and it's the best burger deals in town with over 30 ready to grill burgers tops is the place to pick out the juiciest most delicious burgers in town from beef and jerky to chicken and veggie you'll find something for everyone taste the flavors of the world with unique toppings and twists on the classic burger tops world of burgers yours to explore all right ryan next up I want to dip into the wide receiver waters here a little bit because I have the bills. What I think I started with back in uh, when training camp opened to where I am today, not much has changed despite the emergence of Andy Isabella. And listen, I had a, like I mentioned, I forgot the tight end. So I actually, I did put, try to find a way for Isabella onto the 53 um, just because I think it's interesting. And listen, if Khalil Shakir is really banged up and those ribs are a bigger issue than maybe um, it might seem right now. Maybe you stack him, you you know, Andy is a vested veteran. Maybe you say, hey, we're going to cut you. We're going to put Shakir on that IR. You bring him back into the mix and, and see if that maybe works its way out. But listen, with Hardy returning punts, and I think Hardy expected to have a pretty decent role in this offense, I just don't see the path. If they do keep Isabella to a Jersey on Sundays and Mondays, like I just, I don't think that he can get there. So I think it's a situation where, all right, you've struggled. You're really happy with this spot. Things have gone really well. Why don't we cut you? If you don't have a great opportunity elsewhere, why don't you come back to the practice squad? And if somebody gets banged up, it could be a situation where you get uh, an opportunity to, 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 to play for a really good team. But I just think at this stage, as good as Isabella has been for the most part in the summer, it just doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: And I get that, and I had Isabella on my last uh, 53-man roster projection. I'm really keeping a close eye on wide receiver, Matt, uh, because I I think that patience and and things like that with teams across the league, it's different for every – in every case, but uh, there was a sixth round wide receiver from last year's draft that was released yesterday, and I, I just tried pulling it up on my phone. I can't remember if I took a screenshot of it or not, kind of like, well, you know, maybe Shakir's not 100% safe. I do think that they really like Khalil Shakir for, for the record. But teams aren't going to keep guys around just because they were a draft pick a year ago or two years ago. Uh, you, you saw the Browns give up on a you know day two pick from 2020 draft, and he had speed for days, but he didn't really play wide receiver. So there is a turning of the page at some point where teams aren't going to have the patience or maybe put in as much time to develop these players if there's a better option out there. And I'm not saying Isabel is a better option than Khalil Shakir, but I think maybe Justin Shorter is someone we have to talk more about, too, where... You know, I don't think he did anything spectacular in the final preseason game to stand out. I know Isabella didn't either. He had the fumble. He only had I think, two catches for two yards. Uh, Shorter made a few plays in that second preseason game, but it was against, uh, you know, second, third team type players. So, if you're going to really weigh it out, okay, well, who's going to help us now? Who's going to help us more long-term? Shorter has the look of an NFL wide receiver, but he is limited athletically. He is not a special type of athlete, Whereas Isabella certainly has the speed. I'm not saying that he uh, fills in like all the boxes either for a special type of athlete, but there's at least one attribute that stands off the chart. So that's maybe the most interesting position along with the defensive end room in terms of what the Bills end up doing.
0: Yeah, and I wonder how much, though, Adam Henry is going to be a Justin Shorter guy in the room, right? Like, you just see the work that they've kind of put in um, this summer together. You know, just the chats off to the side, the fact that Henry was in the mix when uh, they drafted uh, Justin Shorter. He was also in the mix when they signed Andy Isabella. So there's definitely going to be possibly a conversation to be had there. But I just think if you're thinking about, like, what's the path to getting a guy a jersey? Shorter has the easier path because he plays special teams. I think there's some potential real juice there as a gunner. And maybe you have um, Matt Smiley coming into these uh, decision-making meetings and pounding the table for Shorter on his end, which gives him a kind of another layer uh, in in why he was somebody that I felt uh, comfortable with going with. Um, At tight end, I had the Bills going with Quentin Morris. I know that there's been mixed mixed reviews of his preseason slash training camp. I don't know, Ryan, like there's nothing to me that's been that bad that, you know, would take away from some of the high moments that I feel like he's had. And if you want to talk about from a pass catching perspective, the former wide receiver to me fits in really nicely. He's a staple on special teams for them. I, I-, I consider Moore as pretty much a lock.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that uh, obviously the touchdown grab in the final preseason game was nice, but he had a a great training camp in terms of making spectacular grabs quite a few days. Uh, Standing out there on the field It's just, you know, he was buried a little bit in in terms of the attention because of how great Dalton Kincaid was. Uh, Some of the other players that stepped up in these practices, but Quentin Morris was a regular Uh, in terms of making those great plays on a semi-daily basis during the summer. So I see no reason to move on from him. You want to have three tight ends on this roster, considering how much 12 personnel they could run. If you're going to spell either of these receivers in game, if he's active, that is. Uh, Quentin Morris can step in and help in that regard. And then if one of them get injured for any span of time, you have someone that knows the playbook, has some of that athleticism, uh, and he can come in and contribute
0: as well you see what i'm drinking out of here today ryan oh yeah got the uh we got the ag1 water bottle um i don't know if you guys have listened uh here on youtube which i think we're we're, we're, we're cruising now over 150 maybe close to 200 hit that like button subscribe to the channel as well you know ag1 we, we we do a lot of reads we we have a lot of sponsors great partners uh i gotta tell you guys i have absolutely fallen in love with the product uh ag1 i take it every morning uh, it, it is delicious. I feel like an energy boost. I feel healthier. I feel um, like my gut health is at an all time high. And right now, um, for the video component, uh, because we've been, these reads have been running on our audio side. You can go to drinkag one.com, uh, slash shout, and you will get a, a deal on a 1 year supply of AG1 and I'm telling you right now I don't know how long they're going to be sponsoring us and uh us doing these reads I'm a customer for life Ryan I mean it, it, we've been doing it for a little over a month and a half and it's I've really enjoyed it
1: yeah, I'm, I'm on my second week here in Arizona, and I brought those travel packets with me so I could still do this every morning uh, when I first get up. So I, I have them right over on my uh, temporary nightstand over there. I have the bottle out in the kitchen. So every morning, that's how I start my day as well. It's, it's really good stuff, tons of uh, you know vitamins and nutrients
0: and things that are good for you in AG1. Roy's got some jokes in the comments saying it's an infomercial time. This is actually not one that we had to put in. I am interjecting it because, man, I've just loved it so much. Give give AG1 a try. Uh, my brother-in-law, actually, or my cousin-in-law, he texted me uh, about when the uh, the promo code was going to go live, and I sent it over mm-hmm. to him, and he's loving it too now. So we're, we're turning into an AG1 family. All right, let's get to defensive line here. we got to move this thing along. I have the Bills keeping 10, putting Von Miller on the pup list, Greg Russo, Leonard Floyd, Boogie ba- Basham and A.J. Epinesa, uh, Ed Oliver, Kingsley Jonathan was a, was my surprise uh, keep, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips, and Puna Ford. I had the Bills cutting Shaq Lawson, and it wasn't because Shaq Lawson shouldn't make this team. Like, I I actually think I, I would make the argument that he should. I think he's good enough. I think he's important to what they do. But I also think that he's a process culture guy. Like, I think after all of his, you know, stops around the league when he left Buffalo, like, he really values his experience here. And because of that, I think you can work with him and say, listen, we don't know how this thing's going to look. You know, maybe they want to get a look in season at A.J. Epinesa and Boogie Basham and make a decision, informed decision on them. Uh, that could happen maybe before the trade deadline. Everybody's asking about, um, you know, is one of these guys going to be traded? Well, why not just have them kind of audition over the first couple weeks of the season? I mean, you're not in a super rush. You have six um, uh, weeks to figure it out and then make a deal if if you'd like to. And I think Shaq, in a pinch, like if you even want him in the Jets game and you want to sit AJ or Boogie down for that game because it's an important game, you can elevate him off the practice squad if he's willing to do it. Uh, I think there's a lot that goes into this decision and it only works with a guy that's willing to kind of play ball that values where he's at and the team the organization.
1: Yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting move. I did not have Kingsley Jonathan on my final 53-man roster, but I've been very high on him. I like his game. I thought he really stepped up in the two final preseason games this summer, uh, made his case. And listen, last year, He made some plays in the summer as well, but I don't think he was that well established, and he was one of the players that was claimed off of waivers by the Chicago Bears. So if the Bills expose him to waivers again, there's a good chance that another team signs a Kingsley Jonathan. If you're that invested in his development, he's someone that you kind of bring onto this 53-man roster. You figure out a way to get him on there. I thought they had a few young guys that really – Stepped up in, in the preseason. Jonathan, I thought uh, Cameron Klein was an interesting player mm-hmm. this summer. Uh, late in into the preseason as well. I think he might end up being a, a practice-wide type of guy if he can get through waivers. But sometimes you do have to lean with mm-hmm. the youth over these veteran players. As good as Shaq Lawson was last year, uh, once Von Miller went down, I get your thinking and your, your rationale there because – You know, as good as he was, how many years are left in the tank for Shaq Lawson compared to a Kingsley Jonathan where he's just scratching the
0: surface on what he can become at this pro level? I mean, if you put all four of those guys in a bucket, Kingsley Jonathan, Shaq Lawson, AJ and Boogie, I don't think any any of the other three have as much juice and speed off the edge that Jonathan does. The bendability the explosiveness. Now, a lot of his stuff, again, coming against second and third teamers. Um, and the, the the complicated part of this is like, all right, what do you do? Are you going to keep Kingsley Jonathan just, not to, just to not dress him every week? Because he's probably not going to play. But if you do leave him out there, he is going to probably get claimed. So it's a situation where, like a couple of years ago, they did the same thing with Cam Lewis where they just – you know they they kept them just because they didn't want anybody else to take them. It's a complicated one, and I think that it, you know maybe you do it this way so you can kind of figure it out in the on the other end of the roster cutdown day. And maybe it, you know Kingsley Jonathan ends up being somewhere else and going to practice squad or going somewhere else uh, after the fact. I, I just think it could be uh, in play here, uh, and I yeah. agree with you. I think he's as he's been as good of a player on that second and third team on defense as anybody at any position group.
1: Yeah, I just don't know where you're going to find a bucket that would fill all four of those guys, Matt.
0: Probably at Tops, right? If you, find, you can find it. <laughs> Maybe at of, Tops. You, you can find a bucket of savings at Tops, Ryan. Uh, a plus savings, in fact, back to school, hot off the grill. They got a great deal right now. Buy two, get three free of the Pepsi products, six pack bottles, party size Lay's Doritos and Tostitos, $3.99 a bag. You can get yourself, man, eggs all of a sudden. You can get yourself a uh, dozen medium eggs for 89 cents. I'm pretty sure eggs were like 7 or $8 a a container a couple of months ago. Uh, They also got the uh, $5 of cool cash. Uh, It's actually your last week to earn cool cash. All you have to do is uh, head up to the counter uh, at Tops, buy some of your favorite products, and you get one point for every dollar you spend on Pepsi, Mountain Dew, Polar, Gold Peak, Gatorade, Tim Hortons, so on and so forth. Where do you want to go next,
1: Ryan? Well, Let's go into your linebackers because there's been some uh, complaints about the strength of this linebacker group.
0: Right. I think right now you're waiting for Terrell Bernard to get back to kind of take a look at this thing. I think right now, by default, Tyrell Dotson is, the, is your starting middle linebacker, but I feel like that's going to be a very short lease. leash. I got to say, I went back and watched that game again. I got to give a little love to Tyrell Dotson. He's taking a lot of heat. I thought there were a couple of plays where he actually did well especially in coverage uh I think he from a zone concept perspective he's probably going to bring the highest level of football IQ to the position because he's been on task in this defense for so long that I think you could kind of roll him out there hope for the best I have the bills cutting AJ Klein which I know people probably first saw that and were like wait what's going on here like AJ Klein's like their top backup maybe at Middle linebacker and outside linebacker. It's okay. AJ Klein's thirty-two years old. He's been around the league. Played for four teams last year. Was a free agent into I- I April. I think he wants to be here. So I think the situation is: you cut AJ Klein. You put Bale Inspector's week to week with the hamstring on injured reserve, and there you go. You bring him right back uh, and go from there.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it. And. With Spectre being week to week, if he is someone that you want on this final 53-man roster, you put him on next day, you put him on the uh, IR for four weeks. Because as much as I've liked what I saw to Spectre this summer flying around like his hair was on fire, if you're someone that's categorized as week to week, you're not expected to have a huge role uh, defensively out of the gate with this team. I think the IR for four weeks is a good spot for him, let him heal up get right come back and who knows what this linebacker room what shape it'll be in uh after the first four weeks of the season in terms of maybe needing specter to play a little bit more in terms of uh how dodson performs or how terrell bernard performs if he's given a shot so i think right now the way that you have things shaking out makes a lot of sense aj klein uh as you mentioned was a free agent sitting there on the mark for quite some time before the bills brought him back I don't see there being a lot of clamoring for a 32 year old linebacker. I think Buffalo probably feels like they could let him go, uh, bring him to the practice squad and, and then kind of figure things out from there.
0: Uh, at CB, like I mentioned at the top, we, uh, cut Jamarcus Ingram and seventh round draft pick Alec, Alex Austin. I think he's a, he's a practice squad guy. They'll bring him back. Uh, didn't do anything that really stood out. Um, Saran Neal has been outstanding. Like I, it's amazing going back and watching that game again, how good he was. And we talked about him briefly on Saturday's episode, but it's it's worth mentioning again. I think he's he's really coming to his own. I mean, he's a really confident player. I think he's gonna be a really important depth piece for him. When we talk about guys like Puna Ford and Leonard Floyd, like you gotta you gotta add Saran Neal into that. Like he's a he feels like a different version of himself. And I know, you don't want to like overreact to the preseason. But having that depth behind Taron, who the last couple of years has been really healthy, and if you're a Bills fan, you knock on wood that that continues, his elevated level of play in the slot I think is a huge deal. He looks really good in coverage, and and that's a big piece of it too. Like Sometimes maybe you want to mix him in against some some of those tougher matchups. So um, a huge arrow up, if you will, for uh, Saran Neal. Uh, Jamarcus Ingram, again, it's going to be a tough cut, but I have the Bills keeping five safeties. And I wouldn't have done it. If not for the fact that, all right, you got the first bucket. Uh, we'll just stay on the bucket train, Ryan. Um, Taylor, Rap, Micah, High, Jordan Poyer—they're in their their lock bucket, right? Then you have Demar Hamlin in kind of that tweener spot where he's played a lot this this summer. I feel like he's answered all the questions about whether or not he can play at a high level. I think he's looked at times really good. He's been in on tackles. Hasn't really. Uh, factored in too much into in into any coverage situations. But I think for the most part, I think you give him an arrow up for for the summer. And I think that he's locked in as, as uh, safety four. They really like Cam Lewis's versatility though. And he can not only play safety, but he can do slot corner. He can do boundary corner. So I have them keeping him uh, in the 53.
1: And I would do the exact same thing in terms of how you kind of slotted this out with the cornerbacks, with the safeties. Saran Neal also is arguably their best special teams player. So the fact that he also backed it up with his play on defense this summer only helps his case in terms of why he belongs here and still belongs here Uh, in the safety room. Demar Hamlin was outstanding in some of these preseason games. He was physical. He was Uh, attacking you know the the, the person that had the ball in their hand, whether it was coming in for run support, uh, going after receivers on on plays, whatever the case may be. He had a really strong summer and he looks like he is ready to play meaningful football games. And then Cam Lewis, uh, the fact that you can use him in so many different spots, the fact that there's always injuries, uh, in your secondary, there's you want to have that next man up mentality where you feel confident. Uh, And I think that you can feel confident in Cam Lewis in a few different spots, starting with behind Taron Johnson, like I said before. Um, So for that reason,
0: I I love the addition of Cam Lewis to your projection. Um, I want to close with running back real quick because I thought, man, if you want to take one single performance from the preseason and like elevate it to the top of the list, I think you could say Darrington Evans uh, against the Bears was as good as it got in the Bills preseason. The problem is I couldn't find a, a spot for him on the roster, and you know the Bills typically keep the four running backs. Um, then they go with Reggie Gilliam, who I kind of put in that um, that bucket there. Uh, excuse me. And <laughs> we lean into bits on shout baby. We we lean in. There's no there's no problem with that. I love for the Bills to be able to keep Darrington and Evans. I think that he runs hard. I think he hits the hole. I think he's aggressive. Even Ty Johnson, uh, in, in a, on a short week after just coming in, I thought had a couple of nice runs. Uh, both guys, I think, in, 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 a, in a perfect world, they can get them back on the practice squad. I think any combination of Evans, Mims, and uh, Johnson could end up there.
1: And I felt bad for Mims getting a concussion when he did not being able to play in the final preseason game because he did some nice things this summer during the preseason during training camp. He's still someone that could be a a practice squad, you know, target for them. But Darrington Evans ended the preseason on a high note. Uh, breaking multiple tackles, eluding a few defenders before they could even get their hands on him on that 35-yard touchdown run. You find out after the game that he actually uh, wasn't on the team flight. He, he did comment to a former player that it had something to do with TSA not letting him on uh, randomly, but then he was able to get on a plane in uh, Buffalo, a commercial flight, so who knows what that was all about. But um, uh, an interesting story for him to actually get to the game itself and then to perform the way that he did against one of his former teams, uh, it is pretty awesome. Former third round pick, he stayed healthy all summer. So if I'm the bills, I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, he's definitely worth, uh, continuing to kind of work with on the practice squad. If we can get him there, because again, running backs, I know the bills are our past first team, but. They take some hits. They take some blows. You might be down a guy before you know it, and it would be good to have someone with uh, some experience playing
0: in meaningful games, uh, and Evans could kind of provide that for you. Uh, Pops Mafia, have any other teams had a surprise cut yet? I'm not sure if it was a surprise cut, but shout out to the Shout Insiders. They've, uh, they mentioned this yesterday night in the chat to get our thoughts on what we thought about it. The Falcons released um, former third-round pick from 2021, uh, Jalen Mayfield uh been a cody ford kind of story uh for him in atlanta started at tackle they ended up moving him inside to guard didn't work out and they drafted um bergeron this year and so they moved him back out I believe it was bergeron uh back out to tackle and it just didn't go well he's been kind of moving all over the place um but he's definitely a guy that you know could be somebody that if i'm brandon bean i'm very interested in
1: yeah so uh, it hasn't worked out yet, but maybe the bills were high on him in the draft process. You could kind of point to him. I think some Patriots beat reporters were surprised when Carl Davis was released, a defensive tackle. Bills are pretty deep at that position. Um, uh, but th- there's been a few surprises. There will be some more, I think on Tuesday specifically that will catch people off guard. So it's something to keep
0: an eye on and monitor, uh, over these next 24 plus hours. Um, I could probably guess that Charles Nathan Peterman is not going to be a practice squad addition for the bills, but listen, never say never. And Bobby Hart, if he doesn't end up back on this practice squad, what is wrong with this country? All right. He's Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino. That's going to do it for shot. We'll be back on Wednesday night. We will have a full breakdown of where this roster is at our thoughts on what will be the official, uh, roster probably by that point. Uh, we'll get into it. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun. That's what we do here on shop. See you then, everybody.